My nanny's taco fall. I'm seven feet, six inches tall. Everyone notices me because I'm one of the tallest people in the world. But I have always wanted to be known for more than just my height. I grew up in Dakar, the capital city of Senegal in West Africa. With my mom and my younger brother, Falou, I've always loved playing sports and games. I lived between the beach and the desert, and we played soccer in the rocky sand. It was hard to find shoes that fit me, and they were very expensive. So sometimes I played barefoot, but I always had fun. I learned that what matters isn't how much you have, but what you do with what you have. I liked school, but I always knew I was different. Although I had many friends, some of my classmates teased me and called me names because I was so tall. When my classmate words made me sad, I remembered what my mom told me, that my ancestors were leaders and kings, and that, like them, I should have courage. Her words reminded me that there could be bigger things in my future, that I shouldn't be concerned about small things like teasing and name-calling. There were important goals to accomplish. My first memory of basketball was when we lived at my grandma's house. We only had one TV in the house, and I liked to watch cartoons in the late afternoon. I remember one day my grandma turned off my show so she could watch a basketball game. I was upset at first, but then we watched the game together. Then when I was 12, I saw a clip of the famous Dwight Howard Superman dunk. I'd never seen someone jump so high. I had no words. I thought Dwight Howard was really a superhero. That was when I became interested in basketball and the NBA. You're listening to the Here We Read podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating diverse and inclusive books for kids and adults. I'm your host, Sharnay Gordon, your fellow reader and book lover. I'm back from my summer break with a brand new season of the Here We Read podcast. Welcome to season five of the show. I hope you all had a wonderful summer and had some time to relax, unplug, and spend time with family, friends, and the people who matter to you the most. I'm excited to kick off this season with NBA star and scholar Taco Fall, along with his sports agent, Justin Haynes to celebrate their new picture book entitled To New Heights. After a couple of bookish headlines, you'll hear from Taco Fall and Justin Haynes. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. This week's bookish headlines, I want to tell you about two forthcoming children's books by two different celebrities. HarperCollins recently announced that they will publish a picture book entitled Tell Me Your Dreams, written by the talk co-host Amanda Klutz. We also have Shark Tank and FUBU founder Damon John 
who will publish his debut picture book entitled Little Damon Learns to Earn. And that's going to be published by Random House for Young Readers. And it will publish March of 2023. The book will offer children a first look into financial concepts and business with the aim of establishing financial literacy at an early age. Be on the lookout for those two children's books publishing soon. That's it for this week's Bookish Headlines. Welcome back to another episode of the Here We Read podcast. I am so excited to kick off the first episode in season number five, and I wanted to kick it off with a bang. So today I am joined by NBA basketball player Taco Fall, and he's also joined, we're also joined by his agent, Justin Haynes. And I am so excited to have both of you guys here with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for saying yes. Absolutely. What a pleasure. Thank Thank you you. for having us. Of course. Of course. All right. I want to jump right into this because I received a copy of the book. Do you want to talk or do you want to say the name of the book? Yes. It's Taco Fall to New Heights. Right. And the first thing that caught my eye were the amazing illustrations done by illustrator Reggie Brown, who was also featured on the show. But I was captured by the art. I was captured by the story. And I want you, if Taco, if you don't mind, going into a little bit about who you are uh, and then tell us how this book came to be. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, my name is Taco Fall. I'm from Dakar, Dakar Synagogue, born in Dakar, grew up in Dakar, moved to the States. When I was 16 years old, you know, obviously, as you all know, I played basketball, but I got into the game kind of late when I was 16 years old. That was the main reason I came to America, Dad, and to continue, you know, my studies. So I ended up going to high school in Texas, then went to Florida, ended up staying there throughout my whole college years. And, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to make it to the NBA. Um, So that's pretty much the summary of everything that I wanted to put in the book, but I also wanted to put in the book pretty much parts of my journey that not a lot of people may have known prior to me getting here. And once I got here, some of the struggles and that that I encountered, but in a fun way for kids to understand. And Justin and, and his kids, I would say, are pretty much the people who came up with the idea, I always flirted with the idea of having a book, an actual book, but Justin saw how his kids were interacting with me. And he also saw how kids in general interact with me. And I, I just love kids. And he, he called me one day. He was like, what do you think about a children's book? And I said, that's actually a great idea. I think just one, my love for the kids and two, what I'm trying to accomplish that those two things align. And I could start with a children's book and pretty much him and I started working on it. Yeah. Awesome. Justin, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? You can include things like your family life, 
But I also want to know, why do you think it was important to tell Taco's story in the form of a book? Yeah, you know, we started working on the project about two and a half years ago. And, you know, at that time, my my daughters, I have three daughters, they were they were nine, seven and five. And I, I felt every night we were kind of in search of the next story to kind of yeah, inspire them and 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 have them be encouraged to be great. And and we came across a lot of stories that were similar to Taco's tale and in, in the fact that someone had to overcome some level of adversity to get to where they ultimately wanted to get to and achieve their goal. So, you know, as I got to know Taco more and more and got to know about his story and it wasn't just one thing that he overcame. It was it was a series of so many things over so many years. And it was in the uh, it was at the All-Star Game in 2020 in Chicago, pre-pandemic. It was it was February of that year. And really, Taco's fame was kind of ascending at such an incredible rate. And he was living out his dream. And it was it was so fun to watch. Even that weekend in itself, he, he I felt like the way that Taco, you arrived to Chicago to where you left were, were you know, he's at different spots of his career. So it was right around that time that we talked about maybe coming together and Look, I, I'd never written a children's book. I, I've been an agent for 20 years. I'm lucky enough to get to know players like Taco and little, learn about their story. But Taco and I have always had this this great relationship. And and you know, this book I thank for because it, it really helped our relationship grow. You know, and 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 him allowing me and trusting me enough to to put this together and help work together with him on this was one thing. But then obviously coming together and co-writing, co-authoring this book. There was a lot of parts of his story that I, I did not know. Obviously, not everything fits inside a children's book as well. So, yeah, it, I thought it really helped he and I come together. And of course, there's still such a long way to go from writing a book and getting to this moment where, you know, we're a few weeks out from it being debuted. But it was a really fun journey. It, 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 you know, I don't know if I'll ever write a book again. I'm not sure if I, I hope everyone loves it. But looking at it now and finally having it in your hand, it's for anyone who's ever wanted to write a book before or, or those that do this for a living, it's it really is truly special. And, you know, of my 20 year career, this is this is certainly one of the most special moments I've ever had. And I, I feel like it's something 20 years from now, if my grandchildren go to a library and see this book, I mean, these are the kind of things that last a very long time. And I honestly could not be prouder to be part of it. And you know, I, I can't thank Taco enough for allowing me to have an opportunity to be part of it and and trust me with doing this together. So yeah, it's, I, I can't say enough wonderful things about it. It's such like a heartwarming thing for me. It's even like a very emotional thing for me up to this moment, just to be a part of it. So yeah, that's that's a little about how we got here. Right. And did you pitch the idea to the publisher or did they approach you? Like, how did that piece kind of come together? Yeah. So once we once we wrote the book, now, now we're on the inside of the pandemic. And, mm. you know, I didn't have a lot of place to turn I, as a basketball agent, sports agent. I didn't necessarily have a path to being a literary agent at, at all. Um, but we were able to come across an agent that was able to help us at, at, at Writer's House. Her name is Andrea Morrison. And she loved the book and knew of Taco. And, and it, was, it was through Writer's House and it was through Andrea that we were able to pitch it to a variety of publishers. And, and Candlewick fell in love with it, kind of being New England based. They really knew Taco's story well, and they saw him as a rising star, and and they leaned in, and and really the next piece was trying to find the right illustrator, and and Taco loved some of Reggie's work. I did as well. I think he is really the one that kind of brings the whole story together. And yeah, that's that's kind of the road of how we got from you know having having 
this this written to to finding an agent that could help us in promoting it, finding a publisher and getting Reggie on board. And you know, f- for those that are listening that you know want to do something like this, it it takes it takes a lot longer than you probably would think. I don't think Todd when I thought it was me two and a half years later, but here we stand. So yeah, it was it was the help of Benny that we got this far. Right. Yeah. And and as an author myself, I do know that that's about how long it takes, about two years from inception to publication. So kudos to both of you and congratulations. I think it's it's a really well done autobiography about your story, Taco, that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. Taco, I want to know, what are some of the common misconceptions that you think people may make about you? Or about basketball players in general. Was I still am a scholar before I was a basketball player? I was very my I'm, I come from an African household, so my mom was I won't say very strict. She was less strict compared to a lot of my friends' parents, but school was very important for us back back home because you know there is not a lot of other pathways. You either become you know, a, a doctor, engineer, like some of those, some of those things. So parents are very adamant about you focusing on school, making sure you do everything that you're supposed to do to, you know, to succeed. So before I was a basketball player, that that was the most important thing for me. I wanted to make sure I was as successful as possible on that side. One to make my mom proud, and two, you know, to be able to have a future and be you know be able to help my my family but of course basketball came came into the picture and <clears throat> everything shifted and even my mom had to change her way she was thinking because she had to let me pursue sports not as something i did for fun because I, I played soccer when i was younger for fun but as something that could potentially be a career but it was still at the condition that i was pursue my education and still get a degree and all all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. which i ended up doing right right wow yeah that's great talk about, i know you play basketball but do you personally have any favorite basketball players and why i do right now i would say my basketball player has to be Giannis because i see a lot of similarities and one-hour stories. I mean, it's, obviously, it's not exactly the same, but a lot of African kids that come to the States have very similar stories. And, you know, for him, what he overcame, uh, he, how close he is with his family, and just what he represents, like, I, I, I look up to that because I pretty much follow the same pathway. Obviously, he's one of the, if not, you know, his top three NBA player in the world right now and I have a long way to go but still I think it's someone that I look up to right now very mm-hmm. very much okay yeah I like him too and so does my son <laughs> my son likes him too Justin I I wanted to know why sports agent uh, have you always enjoyed sports where did that kind of passion come from and why did you choose that as a career path for yourself. I did always love sports. I, I, I did play basketball growing up. I think I would, as I was kind of coming up through high school and, you know, a lot of the players I was playing with were playing division two or division three. And I thought that was a path I could potentially take, but 
I, I think I always wanted to go to a bigger college and kind of have that kind of experience and started to wonder, this is kind of like late nineties now, like what could I do that could still keep me, you know, in this industry or, or have me do something professional that was in the world of sports. And I think right around that time, I, I hate to admit this, but the truth be told is Jerry Maguire came out, I think in like 1995, 1996. So I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And I, that just kind of was something I thought was so incredibly interesting and, and, and was kind of what I was looking for, just a way to, you know, be a part of the sports world. And, and, but I was intimidated by sales. You know, my, my parents mm. owned a telemarketing company in the 80s and 90s and, and just seeing how much their mood was, was dictated by how many sales their company had each day. I just did not want to go to school and study to ultimately be in sales and, and have the pressure of, of that kind of, you know, occupation. But I'm obviously here I stand. It's exactly the position I'm in. But it was, it was early 2000 when I finished school and, and I had internship in, in London with, with a, a predominant sports agency. And that kind of opened the door for me and opened my eyes to basketball, not just here in the States, but internationally. And it was kind of through international basketball that I was able to kind of carve a path out and and find a way now again 20 this is my 21st year to find a way to you know carve out a little bit of an itch and and something that i thought you know i could bring to this and and do well and now being here at bda and and work with wme and and, and doing what we're doing at a very high level and working with players like taco i mean it, it truly is a dream come true and every so often you kind of get the chance to, to catch your breath and just kind of see where you're at you know, I'd say draft night is a night where you kind of see where you, where you are in this, this industry and where you're not. And I think this, like, you know, writing this book and having this book, you know, come to market here in a few weeks, it just feels like, I don't know if Taco, if you feel the same way, but there's been so much that's been built up into it that as time passes, you yeah. start to feel like, well, you know, one day it'll come out and that one day feels so far away, but it, it'll be, it'll be pretty special to walk into, you know, a bookstore here in the fall and, and see this on a shelf. You know, I think it's a pretty, pretty epic, epic moment. And looking back at all the years of my career and the road to get here again, this feels like one of those worthwhile moments to, I'm so glad that I, I found my way to this. Yeah. Now, who are some of the other players that you represent as a sports agent? And I know this is your first book, but any, have you, have you started thinking like, maybe I'll write a book you know, an autobiography <laughs> for this player next. Like this could turn into a series. You never know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So who who are who are who are some of the other people that you represent? Well, I was fortunate enough to have four players drafted this year. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara was was drafted in the first round. And then EJ Liddell from Ohio State, Kendall Brown from Baylor and, and Jabari Walker from Colorado were were all selected in this year's draft. So that was also an incredible moment. It's a very, very special night for, for me and my family, for sure. And when I read, you know, I, it's funny. I do, I, when I hear of stories of players, not even players I represent, there is this curiosity of, you know, Taco's story is so incredibly unique. And he's right. There's a lot of players that come from the African continent and come to the States and become NBA players. And, and that itself is, is book worthy. And there's, there's so many players that have taken such an incredible path to get here. Taco's story is, to me, just as he is as well, so incredibly unique. But I'm also fortunate enough to work with him. And I got to got to learn a little more about, you know, who he is as a person and, and where his heart really is and how much his family means to him and how much it hurt for him to have to leave his family at 16 and come here. So, you know, by, by me just, you know, becoming aware of players that maybe have interesting stories, it's it's different with Taco because of the intimacy we have in our relationship. But I've thought a lot about can Taco have a second book to this? Can, you know, 
I, I, to answer your question, yes, I've thought about it a lot. And it's funny because, again, in the time that's passed since we've written this, when I read the book now, it they don't feel like like my words or our words because it's, again, so much time has passed. It, it, it right. kind of lends to this unbelievable moment that this is here. But yeah, I'd love to line up again and try it again. I really would. Yeah. I can't wait to. Okay, well, let's let's make it happen, Candlewick. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see this being a series, like, you know, because uh, there, I think there's just uh, so much more depth to each player, right? A lot of people, I think, just, you know, see them as a, a basketball player and they don't really know their their story like where they grew up why they they value certain things and i just think it, it's just a it's just an interesting thing to learn a little bit more dive a little bit deeper and get get kids knowing more about basketball players than just them being basketball players if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Like 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 you said, that's that's a girl. But just I have a funny story about Jay hmm. McGuire. So my host my host mom has been trying to make to make me watch Jay McGuire since I was in high school. Is that I've right? It. Yes. I'm always like I'll watch it this weekend and I it turns into years. I have never really watched it. Now I see why she wanted me to watch it's it. It's funny it's funny because, you know, I when I watched it as a fifteen year old, sixteen year old, and now I watch it later in life, I do see it, the movie in a different way. And I see him in a different way. And I think being in this business and working with you and it gives you a completely different perspective of the movie. I still love it, but it's, I love it in a different way. It has this nostalgic feel to it. But also, I guess now being on this side of it for so long, I see it from a different lens as well. But I really hope you watch it because I, th- I do think you'd like it. I do think it's time. I mean, now, now it's like I kind of have to. Now you got to watch it. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> Her and I can talk. She's always like, "Have you watched Jay McGuire?" I'm like, nah, because she wants to talk. She wants to watch it. She wants me to watch it and talk about it. I think you'd like it. I think it's timeless. I hope. I hope you. I hope you watch it soon. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the book. So, can either? I well, do you guys want to take turns reading just a little bit from the book? Yeah. So, I guess we're gonna start from the beginning. Okay. So, Taco Fall to New High. My name is Taco Fall. I'm seven feet, six inches tall. Everyone notices me because I'm one of the tallest people in the world. But I have always wanted to be known for more than just my height. <clears throat> I grew up in Dakar, the capital city of Senegal in West Africa. With my mom and my younger brother, Falou, I've always loved playing sports and games. I lived between the beach and the desert and we played soccer in the rocky sand. It was hard to find shoes that fit me, and they were very expensive. So sometimes I played barefoot, but I always had fun. I learned that what matters isn't how much you have, but what you do with what you have. I liked school, but I always knew I was different. Although I had many friends, some of my classmates teased me and called me names because I was so tall. When my classmate words made me sad, I remembered what my mom told me, that my ancestors were leaders and kings, and that, like them, I should have courage. Her words reminded me that there could be bigger things in my future, that I shouldn't be concerned about small things like teasing and name-calling. There were important goals to accomplish. My first memory of basketball was when we lived at my grandma's house. 
We only had one TV in the house, and I liked to watch cartoons in the late afternoon. I remember one day my grandma turned off my show so she could watch a basketball game. I was upset at first, but then we watched the game together. Then when I was 12, I saw a clip of the famous Dwight Howard Superman dunk. I'd never seen someone jump so high. I had no words. I thought Dwight Howard was really a superhero. That was when I became interested in basketball and the NBA. And we can probably stop. Right, I like that as a cliffhanger. Let's. We don't want to read the whole thing. Got to go out and buy the book. <laughs> if you want to learn more, you got to go buy the book. It's tough. Well, I want to know. Do you have a pre-game ritual that you do before every game? Yes, I always talk to my mom before a game. Okay, but that's very consistent. I like to take pre-game naps. I usually almost ate the same food before every game. It's always some kind of pasta. The music that I listen to really depends on my mood that day. Sometimes, depending on the game, I want to calm down, so I would listen to slower music. Some other games, I don't want to calm down. I want to be really happy, so I would listen to hyper music. And sometimes I want to be reminded of home, so I would listen to music from, from back home. So it just depends on my on my mood honestly but those 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 things are pretty much consistent Mm. thank you for sharing that this question is for both of you so besides playing basketball and being a sports agent what else do you both enjoy doing when you're not working Uh, again it's the three it's my three daughters so the the job does require quite a bit of traveling and doesn't give you a lot of holidays and weekends. You're not really getting those. So, you know, if I'm not working, I really am trying to find time to spend with them. I, I will admit, though, my 11 year old is she just turned 11 here at the end of July. And, you know, her friends are becoming a pretty big priority. And I imagine boys won't be too far behind. So, you know, I, I'm already looking back and missing some of the time that I had where, you know, when I came home from a business trip, it was just the five of us. Uh, our family's getting bigger in a different way with, mm. with, with friends kind of being, you know, more part of what we do, which is fine. It's just all part of the, I guess, the, the transitions and, and things that happen with parenting. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of downtime outside of whether it's, if it's work and it's family, that that's really what's taken a large majority of my time, to be honest. I wish I was more well, well-rounded. Maybe one day when the girls get a little older, I will be. But if I'm not parking or filling up those two buckets, there's, there's not a whole lot of other time left in a day. Yeah, understood. How about you, Taco? What are you doing when you're not balling? For me, it's the same things I was doing as a kid. It's the same things that I'm doing, play video games. But mostly just spend some time with my family, whether it is on the phone or whether it is, you know, in person. I think those those are the things I enjoy the most, just talking to the people that are most important to me. You know, my mom, my brother, my girlfriend, just... If, if I'm constantly on the phone with either of them, <laughs> and my brother is with me right now, he spent the summers with me. So my mom, unfortunately, hasn't been able to come this summer. But besides that, it's just play video games and talk to the people that are important to me. Just spend some time with them. Did you say girlfriend or good friend? The first one. Girlfriend. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're dating. Like <laughs> it's uh, it's more, a little more than dating, but. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any, any, any plans or, or hopes 
to, you know, one day get married, have children, a family? Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a family man and everything that I do, I do it with a purpose. So that's, that's just part of my, my culture. Yeah. Okay. Love that. You want to tell everybody when does the book come out? The book yes. comes out September 20th. September. Yeah. Right. Yeah. September 20th. So the book comes out September 20th. I'm very excited. It's, it's still <laughs> surreal. Like I'm looking at the cover right now and it just like bring brings back kind of a lot of memories of like when we were kids and we were reading children's books and now it's like I see an illustration of myself on the cover of a, of a book. It's kind of surreal and it's a it's a very proud moment. I'm very excited, especially like for this book to get back home. I think it would be a very, very special moment. Right. Yeah. What are you both hoping that readers take away from this book? Sure. I think it's important to understand that life is not in a, not a straight line. And I, I think as parents, oftentimes we try to remove challenges or adversity or things that can hurt our children. We, we just kind of want to bulldoze and move all that stuff out of the way so that our children don't experience any of those sorts of things. But those are all, th- those are all the spots where really, you know, your character is, is created. And those are, those are moments of which you're defined. So, you know, to watch again, all the things that Taco had to overcome just to get to where he is today you just you can find one of there's so many things that he had to overcome in this book that whether it's if you were a victim of being bullied or if if english is your second language or or you weren't a good student because you struggled with english or you struggled with adaptation or you know he he chose a field in in playing basketball that look at his height it was something that was expected of him once he came to america and everyone just automatically assumed it would come easy to him and and it didn't at first, you know, it was a game that was very new to him and, and he was doing it, you know, playing with players and playing for 10 years. It had a great, great deal of advantage over him. So to kind of watch him grow and, and look, leaving his family, you know, it's, it's, it's so many stories are, are, are tales about children trying to make their way back to their, to their parents or, or trying to recover from the loss of a parent or not having parents at all. So for him to say goodbye, he just mentioned before being a family man you know, and having to say goodbye to his family for six plus years, not knowing when he was going to come back. Just that alone in itself, it takes a great deal of strength mm-hmm. and courage to have to overcome that. So there's so many things I think that families and children will be able to relate to, not because they're going to play in the NBA or because they're seven, six, but there's there's things in Taco's story that I think a lot of us can, can say we, we've experienced in some way or another. I think that's the beauty of the book. It's not just, again, it's not a straight line that Taco overcame this one thing. He had to overcome one thing after another, after another, after another. And he still continues to, you know, in his career. He's, he's still continuing to fight. So I think that's kind of the beauty of of the book and why I think it's special and why I think children and families will rally behind it. Because I think there's there's a lot of things in here that, that a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. How about you, Sako? What are you what are you hoping readers parents, children take away from, from this book? Just finding inspiration, finding, finding an inspiration in, in my journey. We all have, we, we all may have different odds stacked up against us, whatever it may look like. And, but at the end of the day, those are still odds, regardless of, like I said, what they may look like. And for me, it's just, I want to give people the courage to 
pursue their dreams, regardless of any obstacles that may stand in their way, and inspire them to go out there and live out their life with no fear and just just enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy what's in front of them. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy their families. Enjoy each and every moment. You know, because those those are very special moments. Like you say, I, I left home when I was sixteen, and I was I missed. I feel like I missed out on a lot. So to show people that you should cherish those moments and just go after what you want. Yeah. Is there anything, Taco, that you want to say to your your mom or I don't know if your dad is your dad your parents or is it just your mom? Yeah, my dad. Your dad. Okay. So is there anything that you want to say to your parents now looking back on your journey, you know, leaving home when you were 16, anything that you may want to say, you just said, you know, you feel like you missed out on a lot. Anything that you want to tell your parents? Yes. Especially my mom. She's, I think she's the most selfless and courageous people that I've ever known in my life. And it takes courage to let your kid, your teenager kid, goes goes 6,000 miles away. It, it takes a lot of courage. And knowing her, it took a lot from her because her and I would go, like, you wouldn't see her without seeing me. That was until my little brother was born. But <laughs> yeah, that was the three of us. But, like, we used to go pretty much everywhere together. So... I'm sure it took a lot from her and I don't, personally, I wasn't there, but I don't think she slept. I don't think she slept well the whole time I was Mm. there. So just the fact that she made that, that sacrifice for me, is something that I will always be grateful for because if she, if she didn't make that sacrifice, then I don't think any of this would have happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What does she think about like all of your success today? She, I think she think it's still weird because she she sees all these people like looking me looking at me a certain way and she still, you know, sees me as like this little child almost. Mm. And that's how I left her. Right. You know. And now, like when I see her, we see each other for maybe a couple of months, but I left her as a child, so she still gonna look at me as such. But I think she's still not adjusted to everything she she hears about it she knows about it especially back home but i don't think she's very well adjusted to everything yet yeah okay now i know you're a free agent currently yeah justin tell me how does this work does he remain a free agent until some you know a team comes along to pick him up Uh, you know i don't know i don't know much about basketball but can you just like explain like yeah. so, what's next for Taco? Uh, what's next for Taco is, you know, NBA training camps will start around the middle of September. There's a lot of players that are in, in Taco's position, kind of determining where they want their their next year to be spent. There's a, there's a lot of different options and avenues that Taco can pursue. You know, the NBA is in a in an interesting spot. There's been there's been a series of players that you know have demanded trades, and there has been a lot of movement over the last few weeks. So. There's a lot of players are kind of wondering, you know, where they're going to fit and and are some of these trades going to take place? Are they not? Some of the teams are expecting they will. Some of the teams are kind of holding firm. So we're we're all kind of in limbo at the moment, waiting for a few of these transactions to kind of move forward. And in, in a sense, then there'll be a little bit of a domino effect that will affect 
variety of free agents, including Taco. Taco may make a decision ahead of that and, and may make a decision here soon. So we're kind of working hard to try to find the absolute best fit for him in this season, wherever that may take him. And yeah, I, I imagine that Seth will have a decision on here pretty soon. But it, it's been it's been an unusual summer in the fact yeah. that there's been a series of all-star players that have demanded trades while still under contract. And the teams are all trying to determine, you know, what is the market value for that? And how do we kind of handle this movement that's been taking place in the NBA over the last few years with player empowerment? So there's a little bit of struggle that's going on between the NBA and their players. So we're all kind of a part of that. And, and that's kind of part of why we're, we're still undecided. Right. Well, in the meantime, I mean, we've got the, the book, right? Are any plans for a book tour, whether virtual or in person? Yeah. Just, I was uh, actually talking to Justin about it not too long ago, but yeah, we we are going to try to find a way to make it happen. Are you coming to Connecticut? That's where I live, so that's right. That's right next to Boston. Yeah, next to Boston. Yeah, or if you come to Boston, I'll go to Boston. You know, we have to make no, no. Connecticut is not too far from Justin either. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're in Jersey, right, Justin? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, or Con- Connecticut, New York, whatever, Boston. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be great. We'd love Boston. that. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, because I want a signed copy of the book. I mean, I already have the book, <laughs> but I want it signed by both of you guys. <laughs> I, I got you. Okay, okay. Is there anything else that either of you want to say, whether it be about yourself or the book? Any final parting thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think this book is just the beginning of um, what what I I envision. I've like I've like I said, I've always flirted with the idea of having a book, and Justin came up with this amazing idea. We started with the children's book, but there's plenty of things we can do with this now. Like you said, we could try to find a way to make it like an animated series, write a book, or maybe even turn it into an actual TV show or movie. So that'll be a that'd be something that, you know, we'll be working on in the future. Oh, I love it. Okay. How about you, Justin? Any final thoughts or Sure, I would say um say? this book is a it's a product of trying to you know, give my girls something to be inspired about, kind of the way Taco mentioned. Also have the girls be proud of their dad. And and as they get older, they'll have a different appreciation for it. My, my father passed away about a year ago. I think a lot of my childhood, even adulthood, was me seeking ways to make him proud of me. So it's interesting when even when you're selfless and you're, you're, in seek, you're trying to seek out pride in others or trying to inspire others, it's, it can still be very fulfilling for yourself, even though I, I think at times I often live to serve, whether that's Taco or my family or my father to, to bring you know pride into his life, watching Taco succeed or watching children or my own children read this book and be inspired by it. Because it gives you such a, it's such a gift, you know? So, you know, it's like I said before, I, just to be a part of it, to see it come to life, you know, I hope Taco, you know, writes more books and he writes, you know, I hope so much comes out of this, but if, if it is just this one book as, as far as it relates to me, I, I'm, I'm very proud to say I was a part of it and it would be something I'll always treasure. Okay. Awesome. Where can people find you online if they want to follow you or get to know you a little bit more? They can find me on, I don't have a Twitter right now, but I do have a Instagram for now. 
at Taco Fall 99 and I have a TikTok. Okay. Taco Fall 99, Taco Fall 99 as well. I think it's El Haji Fall 99 or Taco Fall 99. Either one. Do you do your own social? Like you, you run it yourself or you have somebody doing it for you? Yeah. I, I run it myself. Okay. Okay. I have an incredibly modest Instagram account. Cam, who's on the call with us, she encouraged me to, to put it together one day. So mine is Jay Haynes 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's I feel like a kind of you, honestly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun. So much success. I'm wishing both of you on this book and whatever comes of it. I'd love to see a series, maybe other basketball players, an animated series, a movie, anything. I'm I'm just super excited for both of you. And I can't wait for readers to read this book and start sharing it and start buying it. We hope that's the case. Yes, that sounds lovely. Sounds wonderful. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Thank you again. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. Of course. Now it's time for your 30-second book review. The companion to the number one New York Times bestseller and NAACP Image Award winner, Stacey's Extraordinary Words, from political leader Stacey Abrams and artist Kit Thomas comes Stacey's Remarkable Books. Stacey's favorite day of the week is Thursday, when the whole class goes to the library and she gets to lose herself in her beloved books. On one of those special days, Stacey discovers that a new student named Julie has trouble reading in English. So they begin sharing books and stories to practice. Soon, more students start to join them. Books take the group on magical adventures and reveal other words and cultures. But best of all, they bring them together as friends. Stacy's Remarkable Books is another inspiring tale based on a true story from Stacey Abrams' childhood about the life-changing power of books. Look for Stacey's Remarkable Books wherever books are sold on December 13th, 2022. Recommend it for ages four to eight and up. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next time where I'll be chatting books with the creators of the picture book, Black Boy, Black Boy. If you enjoyed today's show, and if you feel inclined, please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And if you'd like, you can leave me a review. Reminder, leaving a review helps others find out about the show. Until next time, my friends, keep reading. Thank you for listening to the Here We Read podcast. Music by Emily Arrow 
and DCQ Beats. Produced by me, Sharnay Gordon, with Switch and Board. Editing by Switch and Board. Switch and Board.